You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Now, let's just take a couple minutes and let's talk about the retreat. Uh, for those of you that weren't there, I don't want you to feel like you've missed out on something and there's no way to catch up. This is going to be an ongoing thing that we do, that we build into the fabric of Life Church, that we're making disciples. We're going to be talking about these things from now until, into the foreseeable future. Uh, as, the, as it changes, it may change, but we're always going to be talking about making disciples. So don't feel like you missed something that you can't get caught up on. Um, we had a wonderful weekend, but we want to give you an opportunity to sort of debrief, and, and I want to start by giving you an opportunity to hear from a couple of people. So for those people that I, I talked to, I just grabbed a handful of people, texted a few people, and said, would you be willing to share one thing that the Lord did in you this weekend? Would you just come on up here and join me? We're going to have a line of people, and we're just going to kind of go down the line. And um, some people said, uh, no, thanks, I'm, I'm a little too scared to do that, but We've had a handful of people said, yes, I will gladly share one thing that the Lord did in me. Just to give you a bit of a snapshot of what, we, what happened, what God was up to uh, as we were out at Inspiration Hills. And Andrea said we can't start with her. Yvette, can you start us off? Okay. The weekend was very good. Um, going, I was a little, not apprehensive, but I was looking forward to it. And uh, when we got there, we got quite a bit of information. I felt information overload. I felt overwhelmed. And in the midst of all that, I came out with, well, it's not just about those who do not know God. Even if there are believers out there who have not been committed to God or walking after him, we can go after those people and say, today you're here, but we can, together, we can work, work together and get here. So the pool of people that we can reach has been broadened. And I think, too, for my, me being overwhelmed, I know that I can rely on the Holy Spirit, which will, he will be able to guide us all and we'll be able to do this together. And I'm hopeful that with the guidance of our pastor, we'll know exactly what format to, what format to follow and how to do it. And if we don't know how to do it, we can rely on the Holy Spirit. We'll be able to help us do that. I hope our pastor knows what he's doing, too. What, I guess what, what affected me most was something, actually, that you said. <laughs> if I get this quote wrong, right or wrong, something about bending our lives about the, around the Great Commission. Uh, having just recently retired, I've asked the Lord many times, well, how, how should I live? I mean, how do you want me to live with all this, with, with the freedom that I have? And, and that affected me a lot. Uh, there were a lot of things that affected me, but bending our lives around the Great Commission and just uh, to choose to obey the Lord or not, you know, because that challenged me a lot. Because uh, you think you're obeying the Lord by doing the things that are right, but when it comes to the Great Commission or the commandment to share the gospel, you kind of like back up and don't do it. Well, <laughs> I'm not obeying the Lord. <laughs> then he says, if you love me, you will obey me. Well, I do love you. Well, the question comes back to me, well, obey me then. <laughs> But so is it, the question is, how do I bend my life around the Great Commission? It's probably an ongoing question, but I'm sure God will answer it. Uh, probably the, the theme or the, um, the, the point that captured me the most from the weekend was 
opening my eyes to opportunities to share the gospel. And I think the the tools that we gathered this past weekend are going to help in that open. Just I'm sure the opportunities are there in front of me daily, but I'm not seeing them. And I think uh, these tools will not only help in in sharing that, um, but but further opening my eyes to to those opportunities. So. One of the exercises we worked on or did or tools we learned was a 15-second speech, which was we're supposed to say what your life was like before Christ, well, then Christ, and then after Christ. So, like, for me, it would be, you know, I once was uh, anxious, probably a little short-tempered with my kids, um, maybe unsure of my future or even my, my security, my salvation. Then I truly met Christ. So now I'm certain of my future. Um, I'm, I've got endless patience for my children. <laughs> and I'm confident in what the Lord wants to do for me. Amen. So that's just my extreme example of what it would be like for me. Well, as I reflect on that, I, I, what the Lord brought to my mind was, do I really have a significant difference of before Christ, after Christ? And if I'm going to try to make disciples, am, is my life something that a disciple would want? I mean, is there a piece in my life that somebody would want, would want to emulate? Um, is my life something my kids would want or do they just see this dad that maybe doesn't have enough patience or doesn't understand them um, so it was convicting for me that if I really want to make a disciple I've got to have a life that somebody would want there's got to be some type of peace underlying a crazy life that other people would want so um, so kind of going off of that, they use that to um, minister to others. And um, I've known people who do this really well, but I've never really learned how to do it until now, I guess. But um, my question became, how do we utilize the skills that we took from this weekend to go out to the community around us and reach them? And I'm more left with a question and not really with an answer for everybody. So there you go. Something that I really took away from this weekend was that you don't have to just share the gospel with people who don't um, who don't know it. You can teach other people to spread the word as well that may already know what you know Jesus and everything. Uh, what I got out of this was mostly that there are like uh, 10,000 people in Sioux Falls who don't know Jesus and that we can go out and tell others about Jesus also. Um, one of the tools that we got this weekend was to make, or a challenge was to make a list of 100 names of people that we have a relationship with and what do, what are we going to do next? Like, what's our next step with all those people, whether they're family members or relatives or neighbors or coworkers or someone that we see on a regular basis, like our hairstylist or at the grocery store? Like, how are we 
going to um, make time to be a light to them? Are we going to pray for them? What is that prayer going to look like? How are we going to speak to them, talk to them? Um, are we bold enough to even share with them what Jesus has done for us? So I now have a hundred names of people that I'm going to be working on for a while. So, uh, One thing I learned this weekend was that we should go and make disciples for God. You got the pen? All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, have a seat. You bet. Really appreciate my core students getting up here, too. Uh, they talk about being stage, having stage fright, but they're, they're really quite poised when it comes down to it. And, and they just did a lot of work. They plugged right in with us this weekend, um, so a lot of fun. And there are a lot more stories like that, okay, of people that said, hey, God really touched my heart in this area or spoke this thing to me or really challenged me here. Um, but along with that, uh, there are some real questions that we have coming away from this weekend, lots of questions, and some real fears that I've, I've heard expressed already, like, how does this play itself out in my life? How does this work with my business? And we want to give you some space and time to process that, uh, to ask the questions, to wrestle through the fears. And so we're going to begin that this week. Some, some of you said, what's the next step? How do we go forward with this? We were given a lot. It was kind of like drinking from a fire hydrant, wasn't it? You know, we, we had 24 hours, and I remember just driving home just being like, wow, what just happened? You know, an hour and 15 minutes of sleep and 22 hours of other stuff. And it was just, it was just really, really crazy and pretty intense. Um, but the big idea here, you guys, is that this is a long game. We're trying to set you up for something that you're going to do the rest of your life. And we're not just trying to give you a bunch of laws. Uh, we're trying to give you some tools in your tool belt that can really assist you in the mission that God has you on to make disciples. There are many ways of doing this. This was one way. These are some tools that were given to you. And hopefully the more we use these tools, the more accessible they are to you, the more natural they are to you. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to be talking a little bit about this in life or in supper club. I keep wanting to call it life group. And I'm probably going to change the name from Supper Club because a lot of you hate that name too. So we're going we're gonna to be talking about that. Everything's going to change. Whatever. All right. We, we're going to eat supper together. And we call this Supper Club. I didn't know what else to call it. So submit names uh, through email this week of what you want to call the thing we do over food on Wednesday nights. All right. But every other Wednesday night, we're meeting for this gathering here at the church. And uh, basically, we've been wrestling through either the sermon or we'll do some Q&A uh, next time in two weeks with the Hitchcocks. This week, we really want to debrief, ask some of these questions, wrestle with some of these fears. And for those of you, from, specifically from the discipleship retreat, for those of you who are internal processors, like need to know the questions beforehand, or you're not going to say anything, I've already written the questions, okay? So here they are. Number one, what's one thing God did in you or spoke to you this weekend? Right? And again, if you didn't go to the retreat, all the more reason for you to jump in now into Supper Club and start getting familiar with the language because we're going to be using this over and over and over again. Okay? Second thing, what is one thing that is not clear to you or that you just have questions about? You need a fuller understanding about it or you just have follow-up questions to it. What's one thing that's not clear to you? And then finally, what's one thing that really challenged you that you have fear about? 
that's one of the big things that we all confessed was when it comes to sharing our faith and making disciples, we all have a lot of fear. All of us, Pastor Bill and myself included, all of us are right there with you. So today is about saying, look, you're not alone. If you have fears, all the more reason to dive in, all the more reason to press into Jesus, who is going to be the source of our peace in the midst of that fear. The Holy Spirit's going to give us what we need. We're confident of that. Those are the three questions. Now, as we wrestle with those three questions that are our kind of individual tables this week, um, I'm thinking some themes are going to emerge, right? Um, as, we, as we hear what the Lord's done, as we ask questions, as we wrestle with fears, some themes are going to emerge. I'm going to ask every table to put some of those themes down, and then I'm going to host some big group Q&A, uh, because I've been doing this discipleship process for about six months now. So I'm a baby, but I at least have been working with some of the terms for about six months now, and I've been in a D group for about six months now, and so I can answer some basic questions of how things go, what's the next step, what if someone says yes, and they want to do this, right? What do you do next? And uh, so then we're going to just talk about that uh, as a family together. And anything is on the table. Uh, at the Sinkgraven home, we have family meetings sometimes. And we say, besides swear words and uh, derogatory comments towards one another, anything's fair game. Like, you, you can ask any question. Anything's on the table. Anything's fair game. For this, for this session of, of Supper Club, the same thing goes. Like, you can say, boy, th- this really didn't make sense to me, or I really didn't like this, or this just rubbed me the wrong way. You can ask those things. You can share those things. Those are fine. Those are fair game for this Supper Club. We're going to be wrestling with this as we go for lots of time. So this is just kind of the first initial, like, let's debrief. Let's process this together as a family on Wednesday night. All right? Um, that is our last announcement, I think. We're going to dive into the scriptures now. Also, if you have questions and you can't make it to Supper Club, feel free to email me. I respond through email, or we can set up a meeting, and we can, we can talk in person about it. Uh, we'll have some time after church today to, to talk to, but um, let's dive into the text now. We're going to be in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there should be a hardback black one somewhere in the prayer room. Uh, otherwise... We'll just dive right in. Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, where the Apostle Paul writes, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is God's word. Okay. We are going to just pick up right where I left off last Sunday. Uh, I began a sermon talking about uh, what the body of Christ uh, looks like. 
um, coming from this particular passage in Ephesians. And I want to just pick that up today and just kind of keep going with that a little bit. Uh, last Sunday, I, I really challenged you and I that we look at, at in particular, uh, one of the phrases from this particular passage where it says, we are urged, in other words, we are encouraged, we are pushed, uh, we are prodded, if you will, to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which we have been called. And the idea here is that it's not just like how we step, but how we live, that we're actually living out the calling uh, that we have been given. And this calling, really, we said, was an invitation, all right? It's God's invitation, God's call to us. Uh, and and, and the, the New Testament uses this particular word here in, in the Greek uh, to, to give us this idea of this is God's invitation to become a member of the kingdom of God, all right? This is our invitation to come on in, come in and experience, come in and be a part. In other words, come in and experiencing, experience the adoption into God's family, all right? To, to gain salvation, to gain this hope of eternal life, and to do this life together. We've been called not to, to be saved and go alone, but we've actually been called to be saved and to come together, all right? To gather around one another, to do this life together as a body of believers. And some of you did that more tangibly this last weekend than you ever have in your entire life, all right? You lived with one another for over a 24-hour period uh, together. You ate together, uh, and, and you walked around together, and you shared together, and you had to excuse each other and defer to one another and all these kinds of things that go on in life together. But you did that around this one idea, and that is how do we become disciples and be discipled, but also how do we then make disciples. And so that was what brought us all together, okay? Uh, I want to kind of elaborate on this idea of the body a little bit this morning and kind of pick up here uh, and talk about this idea of being one body together, all right? In verse 4, he says, there is one body, one spirit, even as you were called into uh, one hope of your calling, all right? One Lord, one faith one baptism, one God and Father of all, all right, who is over all, who is through all, who is in all, all right? So that's where we land. We land that we are this one thing, all right? We are this, this oneness together, and that's where I kind of left off with you last Sunday, all right? Um, but I want you to understand that, that the whole foundational creed of Israel was this. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, I think. It's, 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 it's the idea of, Israel, you need to hear something. In other words, you need to get this. You need to understand this, all right, as you, as you, as you take it in. And that is this. Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. And you shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And when we love Yahweh, when we love our God that way, that determines how we relate to one another in the body of Christ, and it also determines how we view and relate to the world around us that is not in Christ. 
And so we live out of this place of this oneness. And the real key to that oneness, I think, is unity, all right? It is when we as believers, even though we might see some things differently, we understand that we have one godly Father who we worship and who directs our lives. And so, obviously, the all in this verse in the original context would be that of Jews and Gentiles. But in your context and in my context and where we are today, the world today that we would be talking about when we talk about this passage, it would mean those who are black and those who are brown and those who are white. It would be those who are Asian and those who are Indian and those who are American. However, it it, it would not mean all people, but rather all believers. We are set apart. We're called to be together as the body of Christ. And there is this one God that we love, this one God that we exalt, this one God that we worship, if you will. And this one God has done something very amazing for you and I, and that is that he has, he has given gifts, if you will, all right? He is, there is a grace that has gone out and has been given to each of us as Christ would, would measure it out. He has given it to us, all right? And in that, he says, and I gave to you these things. I gave to you apostles. I gave to you prophets. I gave to you evangelists. I gave to you shepherds. I gave to you pastors and teachers, And this is only one list here that we're talking about that I'm giving you today. There are other lists. There's a list in Romans 12. There's a a list in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's a list in 1 Peter chapter 4. And none of these lists are all exactly the same. And there is some substantial overlap in the various lists, if you will. There's also a number of gifts that are found in only one or two of the lists. And so we kind of have to put these these things together, but I want to focus right here today on what he's saying that he has given to the church here. He says these apostles, in other words, these ones who were sent out, um, the the apostles served in their day as, as the ambassadors of God. And you say, well, why do you want to talk about apostles? Because that has ended. Yes, we don't have the apostles as they were established and identified uh, and selected in the New Testament. But there is still an apostolic spirit in the church that moves. And God works apostolically in the lives of his people because the, the apostolic spirit is one that just sets foundation, that gives order, that gives structure if you will. It it brings things into shape and so that they fit together. And so you and I, even though we would not stand up and say, I am an apostle, as in the context of the New Testament, we can say that inside the church there are giftings and ministries that have apostolic spirit about them and they help us to set order and they help us to bring and lay in foundation that we can build upon. I am very convinced that there are prophets. There are prophetic messages for our day. There are, there are people that have been gifted by God to speak into our lives and into the life of the church and tell us what God wants us to know. I hope that you would consider that even though Pastor Dave and I are mere men, there is some uh, sense of a prophetic gift about us where we are able to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to you and to, and to make that gospel relative and relevant to where you and I are as the body of Christ. Because really, that's why we have decided to do this discipleship program that we're, we're endeavoring on. And, and we've spent all of this time and energy and resources uh, uh, starting it out here with this retreat. It's because we feel this unction from God. 
We feel this sense from the Holy Spirit that if we are going to be the people of God and we are going to be on mission, we need to be on God's mission. And God's mission is that we go and make disciples and that we do that even as far as the uttermost parts of the world. Now, you and I have to parse that out here in this local context as to how do we do that? How do we make disciples? And if we're going to make disciples, how are we willing to be made a disciple ourselves? And there are certainly evangelists in here. There are some of you that you, you, are, you, you resonated with that sort of let's proclaim Jesus piece of, of, of the retreat. That really grabbed you. There were others of you who were like, oh, this sounds like it's all about evangelism. That's because you're not an evangelist. <laughs> you know? but, but there are some of you, that is your heart. That is, that is, that is what pumps inside of you. I just want to evangelize. I just want to bring people to Jesus Christ. Great, you go do that. And some of us others will disciple them. All right? You catch them, we'll clean them. <laughs> okay? I'm, I, I'm not an evangelist. That, I don't get, like, I don't, like, I would, I don't even know what to say here. I'm not a Billy Graham kind of guy, okay? You know? I love Billy Graham, okay? I think Billy Graham is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Some of you just raised your eyes at me, okay? I, it's not, I'm, I'm not dissing Billy Graham or any other great evangelist. That's not me. I'm not going to be on a big stage. I'm not going to be in an arena uh, or any of that kind of stuff. I'm going to be right here, all right? I'm going to be right here with you. I'm going to be walking with you because I have to move up other down the list. I'm the shepherd, teacher, pastor kind of guy, all right? I want to walk with you. I want to help you get your life straightened out and cleaned up. I want to see you be effective. I want to see you finish well. I want to go with you through that, okay? And, and, and this whole word of shepherd that, that's used here, in, 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 it's kind of the, the Greek word, it means shepherd, all right? It really, really is a, a metaphor, and it's, it's in both the Old and the New Testament, and the whole idea here, it speaks of some kind of caring leadership, leaders who care, leaders who walk along, leaders who are willing to, to be there with you through, through the thick and the thin, so to speak, of all the things that are going on in your life. And then there's the teachers. I love teachers. I love to sit and be instructed in the Word of God. I love for it to be broken down and parsed out for me. All right? Pastor Dave actually has much better of a, a teacher's gift than I do. Uh, Christina Hitchcock obviously has a great teacher's gift, and I love to listen to her parse out scriptures and teach them to me. I could just sit under that woman all day long um, and, and do that, my wife and I both. We really in, enjoy what Christina brings to the body of Christ, all right? And what I'm trying to say to you is there are different ones of us here in the body who have different giftings and different callings and different aspects of our lives that we give that are gifted into the body so that all together we fit we, we join ourselves together. And here's what I think. I think God has given us everything we need inside of Life Church for us to be able to effectively evangelize and disciple people around us. And so we, we have no reason to not be on mission as the body of Christ here. The church, Life Church, is a church that can be on mission, that should be on mission, all right? Because we have what we need to be able to do that, all right? But even just talking about those particular gifts, what, 
What are they for? What, what is it saying here that, that God has done in giving these gifts, all right? And this is what I want to key in on here uh, for just a few minutes because we don't have very long this morning, all right? But I want you to understand that the gifts that God has given through, through leadership positions and other giftings in the body that you can look through and parse out these other passages of scriptures and, and discern are given to us for the perfecting of the saints, in other words, this is for equipping. This is, and I love that several of the people up here today refer to what they got as tools because that's what it's all about. Pastor Dave and I, we're not just going to preach to you, all right? We're not just going to exhort you and encourage you and leave you there, all right? We're going to equip you. And we're not only going to do it ourselves, but we're going to pull from you from each other among us to do the equipping as well, all right? We're going to do this together as the body, and that's the way it ought to be. The last thing you need is some hot dog up here who's going to do a one-man show and try to entertain you because he doesn't have anything else in his gift bag, all right? If I ever go down that path, shoot me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that term in church right now. I'm sorry. I apologize. That is not an appropriate thing to say right now in the context of where our nation is. I'm sorry. I apologize. I should not have said that. If I don't do it right up here, just tell me, okay? Just, just come talk to me and let me know that, all right, so that I can do it right because that is my heart is that we as the body of Christ here together do it right with one another. But we are here to perfect one another, to, to, to help prepare each other so that we are living and working on mission for God. So that, that that idea of mission just infiltrates all aspects of our lives. And we're to do the work of the ministry, the, the diaconus, all right? Uh, the, the whole idea of the culture that we create should be one of serving, all right? There shouldn't be this need to be preeminent or, preeminent, or this need to be set apart or to set up or to uh, uh, exalt it in some way. It should be that we are heralding servant leadership as the body of Christ, all right? And we see this of Christ throughout the scriptures where it, it says that, that, that he became a servant. He humbled himself. He emptied himself out. In other words, he took the, the one down position in every situation, if you will, in order to serve others, all right? And this call to serve, I think, is one of the, the great reversals of the, the, the scriptures, all right? The Beatitudes are a series of these kind of reversals, if you will. As you know, it's like where Jesus says things like, the last will be first and the first will be last. You need to die in order to live. And if you're going to live, you have to die. You know, so these great reversals are coming. To be a leader, you've got to serve, all right? Only when you serve will you be able to truly lead the way that God would intend you to. All right, this is all part of discipleship. This is all part of you and I growing and maturing into these places. Maturing and being discipled is perfecting and equipping. All right, that's what we are doing when we are gathering together and we are learning together and we are taking these tools in. I'm like many of you this weekend, well, 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon, I tilted all right? I, I just tipped over. It's like the stuff that was in me started pouring out, but it didn't make a lot of sense. 
You know, because I had had a lot and I hadn't had the times that I needed to, to process it very well. You know, and, and I was at my table and I was sharing with my table at, at that point. I was kind of like, gosh, what do I say in this, in this conversation? And it, it's like the Spirit of God spoke to me and I got a little bit teary. Not that that's an uncommon thing by any means, okay? But at that moment, it's like, okay, this is the Spirit of the Lord because I feel it. I feel it the way I know it's God. And it was like God just said to me, he says, you need to be discipled. Our conversation was around us discipling others, you know. And, and, and that's a nice conversation to have, but doesn't that kind of make you feel good? Well, I'm called to disciple someone else. And if we're not careful, there's a little edge of pride that could, you know, kind of hug that, you know. I'm called to, to make disciples. We, our church is going to go make disciples. We are but not with that attitude, okay? Uh, and it was like in that moment, it was like God said, you need to be discipled. And I went, oh my goodness, this is one of the great reversals and it's happening in me right now and I don't even know what to do with it, you know? But it's like, hey guys, I need to be discipled. I don't remember exactly how I said it to my table, but it was like, I need to be discipled. It's way more than just I'm learning to disciple someone else and I'm kind of on the, I got the up, upmanship kind of thing going here, but I need to humble myself because there are people that God has put in my life around me, and they are you in Life Church, and you are to help me to become perfected and equipped to do the work of the ministry. I need you in my life, and you need me and one another, and we need to value that. We need to put the value on this thing that God puts on this thing here. He has given these gifts out of heaven, out of his nature, out of his being, out of his spirit. He has given these gifts and imparted them to the church, you and I, in order that you and I can be equipped and transformed and uh, changed and shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. What value he puts on you and I, that we can become full grown. That's what he says. I want you to get mature. I want you to come into to maturity, into adulthood, all right? And, and that, 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 if you translate that Greek out of that, that passage in verse 13, what it means is I'm calling you or I'm, I'm wanting you to come to being a full grown adult. And I like, I like that phrase, full grown adult how many of you have seen an adult and you went that is a little boy in a man's body that is a teenage girl in that woman's body right there she is acting like she's 13 well those people just have some issues all right probably something got broken in their life and their family somewhere along the way and they sort of froze emotionally at some point and so emotionally they haven't really matured yet and so you and I have to grace that. We have to try to understand that and get around that and grace that but the reality is not all adults are adults. Not all adults behave like adults. Not all adults think like adults or make decisions like adults. And sometimes I'm amazed, and, and I, I see this in some of our young people in Life Church. We have some young people, and I look at them and go, my goodness, for a child, you act like such an adult in some situations. I loved our teens, our core students, being in with us adults and not, not being condescending to us. And, and, and I thank you for not being condescending to them. 
They were very valuable to our time out at the retreat. And they brought in some gifting into the retreat and into our times together that we would have missed if we didn't have them there. They are valuable to the body of Christ in Life Church. And they help perfect me. They help to equip me to be the pastor that I need to be to all of you. And so we need to see this value that we have, all right, because of what Jesus has done and what he has given to us, all right? And so we need to be able to do these things because we can't be children who are tossed to and fro or back and forth and carried about with every wind of doctrine and the trickery of men and the craftiness and error if we are going to be disciples and disciple other people, all right? It's absolutely essential that you and I are able to discern. As we grow, all right, as we, as, here's the thing. You and I, in our earthly life, when we are born, we have such great need. Someone has to take care of us all the time. But as we grow and as we grow and as we grow, we mature and, and we become very aware of things around us and we're able to handle our lives and make decisions and be safe and, and, and be appropriate and be balanced and all those kinds of things. And that moves along. Well, the same thing happens spiritually. When you're first born spiritually, all right, you're just a babe in Christ. Sometimes some things, there, there's some stuff out there that you don't need to get a hold of and you need to be taken care of and you need to be fed with the milk as Paul says but but Paul expects that at some point the Christians ought to, ought to grow up a little bit and be able to eat meat and and be appropriate and be adult and and handle things all right when we begin our life spiritually we have this limited ability to assess what is possible trickery inside the body of Christ you go there's people that would trick us in the body of Christ oh yes there are there are references in the scripture of wolves. There are references in the scripture of people in era of false teachers and false prophets and all those kinds of things. They're out there somewhere, all right? They are not truly a part of the body of Christ, but they are in the body of Christ and they are working, all right? You and I need to be in a safe place, but a place where we are diligently and, and, and uh, perseverance, with, with perseverance, we are teaching and preaching and sorting through and parsing out the word of God, where we are learning and growing together as to disciples. You need to be in a, a group of people where you can talk about the scriptures together and you can lay this stuff out and it can make good sense to you, all right? And so you can grow and you can mature because you are having the truth spoken to you and it is being spoken to you in love as it speaks of in this passage here. And that's the bottom line. That's what I got to get to here uh, as we close. And I know I've gone through this really fast today, all right? But I wanted to give David plenty of time to talk about the retreat. I didn't want to push communion too fast. So I'm going to push me fast here and get you to the end of this sermon today, okay? And, but what I want to say to you is that you and I have got to get to that place where agape rests inside of us, all right? And that's only going to happen as we become more and more like Jesus, all right? That's the great challenge for you and I, and that is to speak this love, to speak this agape love to one another, all right? But that's the kind of love that puts the welfare of another person over themselves, okay? It is absolutely essential that you and I are living out of this kind of love with one another, all right, so that we are growing and maturing and becoming everything that God has for us to be, all right? Um, I'm, I've got about two minutes here. I'm going to just give you an example of something here, and I'm going to close with this. Pastor Dave, come up here, please, all right? 
I know you don't like to do this kind of stuff, but I want you to stand on the stage right there, please. And would you just untie your left shoe, and would you take that shoe off of your foot? I hope you don't have a hole in your sock. Oh, you're good. You're, you're great, all right? Okay, would you take this hammer in your right hand? Now, what I would like for you to do, as your senior pastor who signs your paycheck, and the spiritual authority in your life, I'm speaking to you today, and I'm, I want you to do this. I want you to take that hammer, and I want you to hit your big toe as hard as you can. <laughs> well, I wouldn't ask you to if I didn't want you. I, I want you to, would you just hit your, like, hit your big toe as hard as you can. Oh! <laughs> you didn't do it, did you? Why didn't you do it? Because the workman's comp would be... (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do it because you would never hurt yourself intentionally like that. That's why you didn't do it. You didn't do... You're good. You can put your shoe back on. (laughs) You wouldn't hurt yourself intentionally. We are a body. One body. The ear cannot say it doesn't need the hand. All right? The nose cannot say it doesn't need the foot. You and I cannot spend our time hurting ourselves. We cannot spend our time disunified and and, and hurting one another in the body. We have to be walking in this agape love with one another so that we can perfect the body together, so that together we are Jesus Christ in this earth and we are able to go out and make disciples for God. Because we have a gospel that we need to bring, all right? That is absolutely essential. Maybe you've not heard of that gospel yet today, but you're about to, okay? I'm going to pray for you, and I want Melissa to come, and she is going to share the gospel with you and rehearse that to you today and give you an opportunity to receive that gospel if you have not done that, all right? I want to pray a simple prayer for you, all right? Bow your heads, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to unite us in the spirit of agape love. I ask you that you would do amazing things in our hearts that will allow us the ability to completely and without reserve love one another, that that agape would cause us to have a great welfare and concern for one another even more than for ourselves, Lord. I pray that you would make us a congregation of people who love Jesus, who love one another, and who love the lost of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Melissa, come and share the gospel with us. So yeah, we've been talking about making disciples, growing as disciples, but there's a starting point we have to start from, and that is acknowledging that Jesus, um, you know, God created the world. He made everything perfect. And, but then we sinned. We turned away. We stopped trusting God for what we needed. We stopped being dependent on him. But then God had a plan. He made it so that he came, Jesus came. He lived the perfect life that we could not, dependent on God. Then he died the death that we couldn't pay for the sin and the mistakes that we made. And then he rose again from the dead, defeating death so that we could also overcome and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be disciples. That is the good news. And that is what um, 
we want to teach, and that is what we want to preach to others here in our church, here in our neighborhood, and beyond. And so if this is the place where you need to start that today, where you want to say, yes, I'm going to start learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, um, there'll be a prayer team that's going to come up, and they are going to be here to pray for you and pray with you and help you start that journey. Um, or if you're just at a place in life where you're not quite sure what's next in discipleship, there people will be there to pray for you too. So I'm going to pray real quick. The prayer team's going to come, and then if you need prayer, come. Otherwise, you're free to go. Jesus, we thank you for this good news that you love us, that you died for us, that you were raised again, and you empower us to live the life that we couldn't on our own. You allow us to become your disciples and to grow in your truth. So we pray today, God, that you would fill us, you would allow us to learn and to grow and to be your disciples um, as we live with each other, as we walk together as a body. Um, and that it would begin right now that you would give us more of your Holy Spirit to do that. So we pray blessing over everyone as we go. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.